I'm Samika. And this is another episode of Bitch, I'm, I'm Just Trying, trying to graduate. graduate. This is episode five of season two, correct? Yep. And today we're going to talk to you guys about qualifying exams and prelims. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. (laughs) So in our last episode, we talked to you about how to avoid small talk and personal conversations in the workplace. Yes. We emphasize setting boundaries about what you will and will not discuss in the workplace, Mm -hmm. investing in a good pair of soundproof, noise-canceling headphones, and the additional expectations that are placed upon us as minoritized individuals and needing to seem friendly, but still needing to get our work done. Yeah. I mean... Respect each other. Know, know your limit. Mm-hmm. All right. So today we're going to talk about qualifying exams and preliminary exams. Um, this one is more geared towards Ph.D. graduate students. As in most master's programs, you don't really have to do a, a qualifying exam or a preliminary exam due to the simple fact that it's usually a two or three year program and the, you start it. And next thing you know, you have to defend your research. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. You guys just sit back, relax, enjoy the episode, and if it's helped for you for when you do your PhD, great. If you're doing your PhD. If you do your PhD. But only do a PhD if, if you, you need, need it. it. <laughs> Everybody, if you need it. If you need it. Um, so let's get down to the nitty gritty. I'm going to start by first explaining what a qualifying exam is. It's usually an order to how these things go. The qualifying exam usually is first, mm-hmm. and then it's followed by the preliminary exam. In my department, I had to do both separately. A lot of programs now have condensed your qualifying exam into your preliminary exam just to make one huge preliminary exam. Stressful as fuck. Yeah. So I'm just going to break them down and we'll start from there. So the first exam you do, possibly around the beginning... Uh, well, no, towards the end of your second year. Yep, or beginning of the third. Or beginning of the third, you will do your qualifying exam. Some people are ahead of the curve and do you, and they want to do it at the end of their first year. But usually to do a qualifying exam, you have to at least take, take four semesters of coursework that would be beneficial to your overall research. So usually they want you to take some statistics, probably um, some core related classes as well as some electives that'll be beneficial to your research and then the whole overall premise of a qualifying exam is answering questions based on your core research as well as the coursework that gets you to critically think about how you're applying that classwork to your active research. Mm -hmm. So for my qualifying exam, I had three days. Yeah, I had three days and three hours per day, possibly four, three to four hours per day. God. Yeah. And it was just nonstop writing. Mm. So uh, I had about... So yours was a written examination. It was a written examination. I had about four to six questions per day from all my committee members. So before we... Damn it. It's an order to this. Um, So I'll just start from there. So 
when before you do your qualifying exam, you have to schedule it with your committee. Right. When you're scheduling your qualifying exam with your committee, you also want to make sure that they all understand your project and that they all can contribute to your project. Because when it comes to a qualifying exam, they're the ones that are going to be writing the questions for your qualifying exam. Mm-hmm. So they need to know what classes you take in. They need to know how their research and their skills can help you with your qualifying exam. And hopefully in your first year when you develop your committee, yes. they helped you determine what classes you should take for the research yes. you want to do. So it's so. not necessarily they're going to ask questions on the class that you've taken. You're going to be like, hey, I took these classes and you have to ask answer questions ask me questions about these classes they're like no you're going to take these classes or we plan our, your, your 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 plan is to take these classes because this would help you with your research because we want you to be able to answer these questions to help you with your research right and i mean it all goes into you knowing the overall goal of your research right. which you would develop with your committee or at least your advisor having committee meetings prior to your qualifying exam mm-hmm. you need that that has to happen that you have to have open communication and that transparency with your committee so that you're not getting any surprises along the way mm-hmm. now after you've talked to your committee and we've all set up a day and time for your qualifying exam this is when we now get into what truly a qualifying exam is so going back into the definition of a qualifying exam it's literally an assessment of all the coursework that you've taken all up until the end of your second semester or, yeah, your second year as a graduate student or your early third year as a graduate student. And it's an assessment of how you can tie that into your research. And it's basically an exam to help assess your critical thinking. Mm. Critical thinking is important for our fields, especially as academics. And that's all this exam is here to flesh out. The whole goal of it is to make you think about things and get you to a point where you actually actively say, I, I don't, don't know. know. That's what I say. Like, that's what my brother just said. He was like, the purpose of the qualifying exam, or for me, in my case, my prelims um, were cadets. The purpose of it is to find the edge of your knowledge base to get you to say, I don't know. Yeah. and, and Don't be ashamed and saying, I don't know. Don't bullshit it. it. Now, you don't want to say it every question. But they are trying to get you to the point of saying, I don't know. Yeah, and you usually fail because you either bullshit your way through the qualifying exam or because you say, I don't know, too quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not even thinking about stuff. I sat through my qualifying exam. So mine was in two parts. I'll go through that whole experience. Mm-hmm. So I had a three-day oral a three-day written exam. I had a three-day written exam, which consisted of about four to six questions per day from committee members. So I get like two committee members one day, two committee members another day, and then one committee member on the last day. And it ranged from, in my case, environmental questions, stats questions, public health questions, risk assessment questions. So Mm -hmm. I had to be on my P's and Q's. I had, and what I loved about it is the open note exam. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you just in there with a piece of paper and, <laughs> and a uh, uh, and a pen and you just got to work your way through it. See, I was starting to feel bad because I was like, oh, shit, my shit was so much easier and I was more terrified. But it's open note. OK, we got this. Yeah. And that's it. So like a qualifying exam is basically 
however many days they allow you. You're allotted however many days. You have to negotiate that when you're in your committee or there's certain rules that you do. So, like, in ours, it it can be 24 hours. So, you usually have 12 hours. Where I was like, well, I can't do just 12 hours straight. Let's split that up. Let's split that up. So... That's what we did. And it's a good thing to know that you can nego- You can always negotiate something. Anything. Well, you just got to know how to talk. So, basically, I had three to four days of written exams. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, I had to basically know what the hell I wrote. <laughs> because you know how some people, they get tunnel vision. Like, they can just think about everything they've done mm-hmm. and they write it out. Every diagram, like I was, I had moments of like, oh, I know what this is. And mm-hmm. I'm just writing and I'm just writing, and I'm just writing. Okay. And then when I'm done, I'm like, oh, you know, like, oh, man, that was great. And then I'll forget about it as soon as I'm <laughs> moved on to the next question. Because this is why you don't cry. Yeah, it's just like a high stakes type thing. Mm-hmm. And a week after writing all of those exam questions up, it gives your committee enough time to look over it, see your strengths and weaknesses in the questions. Mm-hmm. And then... You have the oral exam. So, the oral exam. I booked three hours Uh (laughs) of them asking me questions. It actually took like an hour and 30 minutes. Lucky you. Um, But it literally was, hey, so you answered these questions very well, Mm -hmm. but we just want to go in depth on a couple of things. Okay. And usually when you get that, it means, okay, you did really good on that written part, but now it's time for us to fuck you up. Mm -hmm. And you got to be ready to be like, all right, let's go. So I came in there kind of battle-ready, like, let's do it, let's do it. I walked out like a WWE wrestler and all that stuff. I was like, yeah. So the first question happened, and I was like, and I oop. Like, that was it. Like, forgot. <laughs> yes. I Yes, I can relate to that. Yeah, that happens to me. Yeah. I, let's just say if they said you have to redo your prelims again, I'll say, fuck this PhD. You can have it. <laughs> I mean, it's... It's nerve-wracking till you get to it. And I remember the first question they asked me. It was like, something was like, what would you name the policies or how would you define the policies that would go into environmental toxicology pertaining to what you're looking at? Some shit around that lines. Mm. And I was just like, and I like, I was like, I wasn't expecting to get like a social science question in the middle of a life science thing, but I was like, all right. And um, it was just... Interesting. It was a fun I experience. Don't remember anything? No, that's true. Some people black out and just do what uh, they need to do. But I like the experience because your oral exam is what you make it. Um, I made mine more more feel like a conversation. Some people do not get that luxury. Uh, Sometimes your oral exams feel more like an interrogation. It is okay to say, "Hey." I think I want to sit down and talk to you guys about this. I sat down. I didn't stand up in front of the um, the little board they had me in. I didn't look like I was on the usual suspects or nothing like that. Yeah, no, just, I was sitting down. Yeah, I just sat down around them, and I, I tried to keep the, the atmosphere light. Mm-hmm. I answered the questions to the best of my abilities. And my advisor, she was like, yeah, you're on the right path. I think you should consider this and that. She didn't give me a lot of help. But she was like, mm, maybe you should go in depth a little bit more on that. Mm. And if I could, I did. If I couldn't, I'd be like, well, I 
I don't really know, but I suspect that if we look at it from this perspective, so on and so forth, there are papers that suggest, and always keep a citation in your head, there's always papers that suspect that this might be a cause of this. Mm. So, and just don't pull nothing out your ass. Like, I was able to actually hand her citations of what I was talking about when I was done. Mine felt like an interrogation. Really? And your advisor was the one who interrogated me. Well, damn. (laughs) It was... I was taken aback because she's so she was so soft spoken and everything. Every time I talked to her and talked about things, it was I was like not expecting. When I walked into that room, I was like, okay, okay, I got this. And she was the first one to ask the question. And I was just like, oh shit, where where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> uh, Who is this woman? <laughs> I know. You are not the person that I've been talking to for the last two years. Um, but, I mean, I still passed. I was a little traumatized. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was I was sitting out in the hallway when I was making the decision, like, oh, yeah. shit. Did this actually go well? I just, I, I look, let me explain. I also bribed them with banana cream pie. Okay. Yeah, I brought them no no goods. I think I might have got she them some coffee. She said she doesn't like bananas in her pie. <sighs> <laughs> That's why she was me. <laughs> All the other ones were like, they were like, so is there actually anything after the, after my actual quals? They were like, um, not my, after my actual prelims, the um the oral exam, they were like, is there actually anything in this box that's sitting there? I was like, yeah, it's banana cream pie. So they basically were eating the banana cream pie while they was making the decision. Oh, but yeah. she, she made a point to be like, oh, no, I don't want any. I don't do bananas in my pie. And I was just like... Okay, so you interrogate me, and then you don't like the dessert that I bring. Yeah. Therefore, I brought them nothing. Uh, I don't know. My advisor always tells us to always told us to um, you bring something when you have a committee meeting, especially if it's like two or three hours. It like so all our committee members, the grad students are responsible for bringing some type of snack or something. Which there's actually was like a two or three debate about you shouldn't put the onus on the grad student because we're already broke in the first place. That the advisors should do it. Yeah, and it's so, not my thing. Like, hey, look, this ain't gonna sway you. I can bring you all this stuff. I mean, it's not gonna sway you. It was just <laughs> it, yeah. So it's not like it's gonna sway you, but it was. And just a lot like, of people think it's gonna sway them. No, so it wasn't that it was gonna sway them. It was just more like it's something to do while you're there, just to have something. So like, I always brought muffins. I always went to Perkins and got. I always went to get muffins, but I was like, oh, prelims, a little special occasion. Instead of it's a two-hour committee meeting, it's a three-hour prelim. So mm-hmm. let's actually get some, let's get a pie. Nope, y'all better go get some snacks. And, and Perkins was always buy three, get three free. So I really only paid for three muffins and I got six. So go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, do what you wish in your committee members and prelims and stuff like that. If you want to bring them snacks, bring them snacks. If you like me and you like shit, you got to sit through it like I got to sit through it. If I'm yeah. going to be nervous, you're going to be nervous. Then, well, as know. an advisor, I'm going to bring the snacks. I'm not going to have my grad students. Yeah, that's not my job. My job is to make sure that I do what I need to do so I can pass this thing. I'm mm-hmm. not worried about getting you coffee and muffins. But going into... <laughs> yeah, it's it's that culture. It's it's It's... It's the hazing culture. I don't really it's like the it. Culture of academia, yeah. But going into going back into quals, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I had to sit there for about an hour and thirty minutes and answer a whole bunch of questions. The whole goal of it was for people to see how far I could go. Mm-hmm. I did really well in some sections. I did pretty poorly in other sections. Did they actually tell you what you did while well I'm pouring? Yeah. Okay. So at the end. I have my hour and 30 minutes of them asking me questions and me sweating like a bullet. I was like that Key and Peele meme of when he's sweating and you see the sweat coming down like his face. <laughs> like, 
they sent me out the room and they said we're gonna deliberate and mm-hmm. it was scary because most of these decisions have to be unanimous mm-hmm. so if you if one Actually, person that's says a good thing. I'll go ahead but I'll go ahead it's it has to be unanimous and I don't really agree with that and we'll talk about it in a minute but mm-hmm. if one person says they don't like it then you fail if Mm. Most of the people say it, and one person says, um, yeah, okay, fine, I'll do it. But they have a couple of uh, revisions or suggestions on courses I might have to take, then fine. Uh, in my case, everybody was in agreement that I did well enough to pass, but they found that I was deficient in one area, mm-hmm. more so pertaining to risk assessment and, and uh, more advanced arithmetic. Mm-hmm. So they wanted me to go and take more heavy-duty stats courses and to take um, a risk assessment course, okay. which I did. So, so you yeah. said if, some, if one person disagrees, you fail. You fail. But if the majority of them... Okay, because I guess I'm just thinking about... Um, I took a... Uh, I took a creative thinking course over the past summer about um, just how to how we make decisions and creativity and things like that and what's the best way to um, make decisions and things like that and it was we did a we did an exercise on the difference between having to make a unanimous decision versus making a majority rules mm-hmm. decision and it actually said that it's better to do a unanimous because that means you have to Everyone has to actually, it involves more critical thinking. So the fact that I really, I really don't understand the fact that if, like you said, you had five people on your committee, if four people say you passed and one person said you didn't, how is that one person's vote weighted against everyone? I can understand it saying if one person said you didn't, then they can maybe talk and compromise. And then that's how you get the part where you say you need to work more on risk assessment. Mm-hmm. But if it was like majority rules, and four out of five said you passed, then they never would have came up to that decision of you need to focus more on risk assessment because then it would have... If they never said, hey, you have to do risk assessment, then it wouldn't have helped you because then you wouldn't have took that extra risk assessment course. Right. So, I don't... I have no answer for it. I kind of think it's crazy Mm -hmm. because I've seen cases where one person on the committee might exude a little bit more power over Yeah, just another. because of where they are in the tenure mm-hmm. thing. Because I know for my master's, I had three-person committee. Yeah. And one person was like, oh, eh. And other two people was like, no, we... It was majority rule, so because the other two people was like, no, she did everything she needed to pass. And I was actually glad for that. Yeah, well, by the by- bylaws in our university, it's it has to be unanimous. unanimous. So they all have to agree that you've passed. Okay. If one person who, for some reason, it cannot even be... It can be fucking racist or sexist. It can be racist, Bullshit. it can be sexist, it can just be to the fact that they had a shit day and that they had to listen to you for three hours. Mm. And they just like, okay, I don't care. Well, hopefully that peer pressure of the other four got them to say, will get them to change their mind and say yes. Yeah, but it, that doesn't always work out. Like, we've mm. had friends, of course, that... Like, let's vote you off. I'm like, you voting off. She only got four committee yeah. members now. We've <laughs> had friends that haven't made it that far or that had to end up doing a retake and that's not it's not a bad thing if you have to do it but some in some cases 
it's not majority rules. It has to be unanimous. And that was the case in my case. And I was lucky enough that they all voted that I was good enough to pass, but it was just, we have some recommendations so that you would be more well-rounded in what you need to and know your advisor your probably advocated for you to make sure that you didn't fail if you had one person that was... No. Oh, okay. <laughs> they can't, like, they can do that, but it, 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 you can't do that favoritism thing. It's mainly well, it's not, based on... not favoritism, but just advocate. No. That ain't how that works. <laughs> yeah. So... You you do have people that will cheer you on, but they have to. Oh, yeah, they can't influence other people's decisions. Oh, yeah, because technically, any way. my advisor wasn't my chair of my preliminary. Right, it was someone else. Yeah, but I also made sure the person who was the chair was actually in my corner. Like I made sure that well, nobody on my committee was not in my corner, but I I chose very carefully. Yeah. Okay. So that's the kind of thing, like. It's a scary process leading up to it. And then when you do it, it's kind of like you develop a do or die type of thing. It, mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I'm going to do it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pass or I'm going to fail. Mm-hmm. And and those emotions are common. Yeah. Like, you feel like, okay, I've come up to this point. I'm ready for it. And then you get to the point, and you're like, I'm going to answer these to the best of my abilities. Mm-hmm. I'm going to study what I need to know, and I'm just going to just go. So don't panic. We'll give you the tips at the end of the episode mm-hmm. on how to get past it. Yeah, and it's it's really scary because you it's so vague. Like you don't really know what what to study. Or well, no, well you know what this. Well, you you study everything. Like they give you a list. Like I'll go into my experience of doing my prelims, but you they make this decision, and it's not like they have a checklist of what you have to check off, and they can say, oh well. You only got, like, you know, when you take an exam, you mm-hmm. know what questions you got right or wrong. You know things like that. There yeah. was just a, I was just reading something on Twitter about um, how we know that students do better when they have small, low-stakes examinations. And so in undergrad, we start to give them, instead of giving them just a final exam or just a midterm and a final, teachers are doing weekly exam, weekly quizzes, multiple exams to give them more chances to learn the material so they're not just cramming and things like that. Yet when we get into grad school, it's like, okay, take classes for two years, and then you have to take this huge oral examination or written examination where it's this you answer all these questions and then you leave the room and there's just black box and you just find out if you pass or fail. And, you know, if you fail, you might not get any really formative assessment of how, what you failed on and why. It could be politics. You don't know if you failed just because someone didn't like it. It's, it's so subjective. And there's some there's some talk about just trying to get away from that. That is just like a, it's a historical it's something that's been happening for so long that people are like, well, this is just the way we've always done it. And that's not really how everyone's brains work. Yeah, I mean, there's talks of people trying to condense um, qualifying exams and preliminary exams to one big exam. Uh-huh. And it will be more on the preliminary style mm-hmm. instead of the qualifying exam. Which but like just, just general knowledge. Just and general and knowledge and then how to apply it to your research. Like uh, coursework is important during your graduate program mm-hmm. because you're learning skill sets that you can apply to wherever you choose to go. Side note, make sure whatever classes you're taking, 
are relevant to your, to your research. research. Some people be like, oh, well, I like birds, so I'm going to take a bird course, an orthonology class, when you study in lizards. No. I mean, take, I, I, I like to throw in a couple of random courses, mm-hmm. but don't make them be priority courses. Right. Like, you know you got to take that stats course. Stop putting it off. Take, take it. Take courses that are tools or foundations. Yeah, and then don't throw take in. That abst- I mean, I don't really believe in taking that abstract course that. I do it because maybe sometimes. Maybe audit it. Mm-mm. I feel like if you got to get a credit for it and you already taking a crazy stats course that you know is probably mm-hmm. going to take up most of your time, go take up a foreign language or go well, learn. Okay, like foreign language, but I'm talking about like if you just taking, oh, I want to learn how to ID flowers. Oh, no. So I'm gonna, that's what I'm saying. Or I want to learn how to ID birds. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, like if you want to take a foreign language course, like I said, I took a yes. creative thinking course. My, my advisor took a baking course or a cooking course in the middle of... Uh, a hectic schedule mm-hmm. and I was like I did it because that was my one therapeutic course that was self care yeah mm-hmm. like they found a way to turn even academic <laughs> course lows into Ooh, a moment of self care like a tuition remission mm-hmm. I mean it was pretty cool so yeah that's pretty much my little spiel on qualifying exams it's nerve wracking but it's kind of like a we gonna ride ride a diet just pe- work through it be vigilant and it'll be okay. Breathe. We'll get into the tips on that later. But now we're going to flip over to preliminary exams. Mm-hmm. So preliminary exams happen probably at the end of year three. Mine yeah. was at the end of year three. Mine is supposed to happen. Oh, so for me, my prelims were combined. Mm-hmm. So ours is you're supposed to do it in your fifth, preferably in your fifth year, mid fifth semester. So beginning of year three three mm-hmm. no later than your sixth semester so you have to do it before the end of your three i did mine in my fourth semester right and i did mine at the end of year three as well uh well you were in this year fourth semester my end of my fifth semester mm-hmm. and um basically with your preliminary exam there are a lot more components to it because this is where shit gets real. Mm. And it's where you need to basically start looking at things from an academics perspective. So usually with a preliminary exam, you have to bring in some type of writing component. Not a, or, not a writing exam, mm-hmm. but more so in the form of a grant or proposal. a proposal or a manuscript. Mm-hmm. So you have to have at least one of those three. A manuscript, a grant, or a proposal. For the most part, a lot of people do proposals in the form of grants. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a NIH-style proposal for my proposed projects mm-hmm. that I wanted to do, whether I had done the projects or not. I had one project that I had submitted out to a journal that was under review, mm-hmm. and then I was working on the other two around the time of my Prelim. So the way the prelim is set up is it's an assessment of your scientific thinking as far as for your project. We're no longer worried about your coursework. Mm -hmm. You're smart. Yay, (laughs) we know that. Now we want to know, as a scientist, what are you going to do, how you're going to do it, and what is the broader impact of what you do? Mm -hmm. And that is what your preliminary exam is there to flesh out. So... You want to go first on telling your experience? Yeah. So, 
because my experience is kind of like since my already talked about her quals since mine were pretty much my quals and my prelims together so i did mine and my fourth semester and i decided to do that because i actually wasn't taking much coursework because i already had a master's so my program coming in with a master's i didn't have any um credit hour course credit hour requirement so usually as a phd student there are three stages so like you have stage one is when um if you come in fresh as a PhD, no master's, your stage one. So that means you have to take 32 hours of course credits. And you would have to do that before you were allowed to take your prelim because you have to take the courses. But because I can, and then stage two is after you have completed those 32 hours, you are now allowed to take your prelims. And then stage three is when you've taken your prelims and the only thing you have to do is deposit. So stage three is basically your ABD. You've done everything except for your dissertation. Mm -hmm. So I came in already at stage two. So I could have, if I wanted to, have taken my prelims in my first year. I didn't because, you know, my advisor really didn't know me. So he was like, hey, you should take this stats course. You should take this course. And then I also, I did have to take three courses, um, one in ecology, one in evolution, and one in conservation biology, because mm -hmm. that was the program that I was in. So they had a list of courses, but those courses could have just been seminars. They actually changed those requirements because they were kind of upset that students were just taking a one credit course for that. But um, it kind of, they were upset that grad because they were having issues with students that didn't have their master's being like oh well i fulfilled this requirement with this one credit course but then i don't have enough course credits so they're like no you have to take a three or four credit course for the ecology but mm -hmm. for me i was like i was actually the uh student liaison on the steering committee and i was like that's not retrograded right because i'm not taking an evolution course because i like my master's i took two evolution courses it was no point of me taking a new one i just took a seminar but the uh so for us, for prelims, so there's a form that we have that what you do is you take this, you print out this form, and you give it to each of your committee members. Mm -hmm. And they fill out some broad topics and any, so it's like, it's the form where they put out any books that they want you to read, any specific papers that you want to read. And of course, this is with the assumption that they already know what your research is, so that you they should already know what your research is. So they are only giving you topics of what you should know for your oral examinations because that's supposed to be the first half of your prelims yes so um some of my committee members gave me books some of them gave me pieces of paper like um manuscripts or things like that this was the time where my advisor was like i gave you this landscape ecology book but only focus on the chapters that are salient and i was like uh-huh okay and then i went to the source and was like what does salient mean okay he could have just said only to focus on the important chapters yeah. or the relevant chapters but so, and I did this, uh, like, four months before I expected to take my prelims. So, I knew I was taking my prelims in the spring of 2016. So, actually, in the summer, I talked to my committee about, before the summer of 2015, I talked to my committee about my project to make sure they were on board. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I plan on taking my prelims next year. And they were like, oh, are you sure? That's too fast. And I was like... I plan on taking it. This is what I'm going to do. Yep. Um, so y'all are prepared. At the beginning of the fall semester, I made an individual meeting with each of them and um, sent them a form. It's like, start thinking about what topics you want me to study or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that right there is key and important, mm -hmm. having those individual meetings. Yep. So they can actually talk to you about it. Yeah. I had one um, community member that was like, I really think you should take my spatial epidemiology course. And it doesn't occur until the spring. 
And I was like, well, I can't take it in the spring before my prelims if I'm taking it in spring. But you can send me your syllabus and I will read every paper on there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I spent my entire fall semester reading every book. I had a notebook where I, I am a person where I have to write things down to remember it. So I was writing out notes and things like that. And as I'm reading papers, writing out the key things and spent three months just studying but it wasn't stressful because it was, I had plenty of time. It was just like, oh, I will like make sure to read a chapter a day, do like that. Mm-hmm. So by the end of three months, you know, that's 90 days. I basically have, I, I had time to read 90 chapters or 90 papers or whatnot. Yeah. Um, so I had my prelims and I actually didn't have my prelims until early March. So like March, I think it was March 5th. But I was prepared, totally prepared. Uh, what was supposed to happen is it's three months. I told y'all about banana, banana cream pie. But it was supposed to be three hours. Not three months. Three hours. The first half was supposed to be the oral examination. Mm-hmm. And then the second half was supposed to be my proposal. Yep. So for my program, we don't actually have it a explicit proposal that we have to write because I'm in an inter I was in an interdisciplinary program. My advisor, his department, they actually made their PhD students, they have to write a full proposal of their research by their third semester. Because I wasn't in that program, I in that department, it wasn't a requirement for me, but mm-hmm. because I was in my advisor's lab and he was used to all his other students doing that. He made you do it. He made me do it. Which was actually okay because me writing the proposal said, this is what I'm going to do. This is my first chapter, my second chapter, my third chapter, Mm -hmm. my methods, my aims. Mm -hmm. This is what we're going to do. So in talking with my advisor, my my, my program suggested we write a D-Dig style proposal for our prelim. But it wasn't necessarily... It wasn't required. D-DIG? D-DIG. So, NSF D-DIG. So, it's a dissertation improvement grant. Oh, God. Okay. So, and a dissertation improvement grant is, if you wanted to add a fourth chapter, what would you do? Y'all know me. We talked about no side projects. We put a sentence in there said, I will not be adding a fourth chapter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not adding a fourth chapter. Um... What you see is what you get. Well, I mean, if I was to add one, but like, you know, why the fuck I got to improve my dissertation? My dissertation. But anyway, <laughs> um, I'm like, I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to get this degree. Oh, honey. So, um, so because it wasn't a requirement, me and my advisor and discussed with my committee members that we we're just going to use my full proposal uh-huh. as that second part because that was the proposal for my research. We're not going to do no hypothetical research that I could do that I probably won't submit to D-Dig. And guess what? If I had did it, I wouldn't have been able to submit to D-Dig because when it was time for me to apply to D-Dig, they canceled that shit. Yeah. So, um, I'm glad I didn't waste time on that. But, so, time for me to do my defense. I basically blacked out. Only thing I remember are emotions. It felt like an interrogation. I was taken aback by Maya's advisor, because she was like, prosecutor, okay, this is what, and I was just like, oh shit, but she still, I know she advocates for me, and she was still like, she she rooted for me, and everything like that. Yeah. Um, I actually had one issue with my committee, uh, so I also had five people on my committee, because I originally, we only needed four, and I wanted Maya's advisor on my committee. Some people were like, some of my committee members were like, oh, maybe you should think about this person. And I was like, okay, well, we can add him. 
But guess what? I'm still having her because my committee is not going to be all white men. So Mm -hmm. I made the assumption that her title was a tenure track title because she had associate in her title and that wasn't true she was a clinical associate professor and so i didn't have two tenured many members on my committee so then i had to add another Another person so i had six people um and i only found that out like a month before my defense maybe before my prelim so luckily my advisor's wife um agreed to she's also a professor in the department and she just got tenure so she agreed to be the sixth member and she wasn't uh Oh yeah, we're just gonna do no. Nope. She she gave me some topics and she asked me questions and also contributed to my trauma. But I had two women on my committee instead of just one, which was good. Well, I think it's good though that um they were able to to help. Yeah. Because a lot of the times people uh, are like, oh well no. They won't give you that feedback that you need. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not saying it to be sexist, but I feel like women who have already kind of been with the shits, uh-huh. they are going to be a little bit tougher on you. I know, because they, they, know they, they know what to expect. So I yeah. wasn't actually... My thing was like, you know, just be with the shit all the time. Don't, 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 don't pull the mask off. I don't know. You should have just been with the shit from day one. Yeah. I still would have chose you because you know your shit. Just... <laughs> Don't be flying with me and then kicking my ass the next. I know. <laughs> Come on, just kick my ass all the time. Like, that's my thing. Yeah. Um, so, it was... I um, I ended up passing. I remember sitting outside the, the room nervous um, because, you know, it, it, it is a black box. Like, you really don't know. They... Like I said, like Maya said, it was like a conversation. So, I wasn't just standing at the board. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it, one of my committee members, he was just... He started talking about a genetic algorithm and a way that I can do my model and whatnot. <laughs> um, like, calibrate my model. And it was... I mean, I ended up doing it, but I was just like, this damn evolution shit again. Because that thing is based on um, evolution. Yeah. But he... Um, my committee... My... Okay, so Maya said hers took an an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. My prelims basically took two and a half hours. Wow. We didn't get... No, and this is the oral examination. Mainly because I had six people. We didn't get to my proposal. But they passed me and then asked me to make another committee meeting. Mm-hmm. So we can actually discuss my proposal. Because the proposal is the proposal, and it's not necessarily relevant to passing the prelims. Like, it is. They'll ask you questions, but it wasn't, like, absolutely necessary. Like, they had read it. Yeah. They just didn't, as far as, like, that. So they read it, and, you know, they were like, okay, this is her scientific process. We we we, we know she's good. Okay. I was getting concerned for a minute. For us to give her substantial feedback on chapter by chapter, we need to have a whole nother meeting to discuss this. Okay. Well, that's good. So, I did pass my committee. Um, my I did pass my prelims. Uh, and then when I passed my commi- um, prelims, like three or four weeks later, I thought I was good and I get a, I see Dolores Umbridge and she's like, hey, congratulations on passing your prelims. I haven't signed the paper yet, but I'm going to get to it a month later. Really? Okay. But... Roadhouse. Uh-huh. I would have did a roundhouse. Uh-huh. But yeah. Yeah. So that was my experience. Yeah. I um mine's wasn't too far off. Um so mine's was different. So I, I had no 
oral exam as far as like looking at coursework and things like that. So for me, I had wrote an NIH proposal mm -hmm. and I made a PowerPoint of it. I emailed them out the proposal and I was like, look on this day, we're all going to meet up, I'm going to present it and y'all going to ask me questions about yep. it. So this is a nice proposal for all three of my aims for my overall project. I made sure to include the key things, you know, your overall need for why your research is important, the broader impact, mm -hmm. um, the overall objective of your proposal, and then the specific aims that you wish to answer, and then go into that. Methodology, all of that. I had everything covered. The, I kept my, my presentation to about an hour. They liked that. <laughs> uh, I presented it to my entire department. So I had every student that, and I'm pretty cool with everybody in my department because we all just do our shit and keep moving. Right. Um, they all came, and the students were actually more interested in what I was doing. Faculty was just kind of there to see, like, what the hell is she doing? Mm -hmm. And my committee was, like, dead center. Like, we're going to watch everything you do. <laughs> so <sighs> I, I get really nervous when I present, and I get a little uh, jokey. So... I was making like my research more interesting and I was trying to find a little bit of humor and still keep it professional. So like things that I thought were like fun and interesting, I made sure to emphasize that I thought it was fun and interesting. Mm -hmm. Things that I was like, yeah, we don't really know that one, guys, but we're going to find out. I always tried to make sure that my presentation was entertaining Do you because... Have Hmm? You have memes. I didn't put memes in that one, mm -hmm. but the ones I'll do for like seminars, I'll incorporate mm -hmm. memes. But um, for that one, I kind of kept it more profesh because I didn't know my mm -hmm. committee's vibe. Yeah. Uh, but you don't want to fail your your prelims because you put a meme in there. Because you put a meme in there, but um, it was nice, and I think them hearing like the other students engaging and being uh, fascinated by some of the stuff I was doing kind of helped. When it came time for questions. So, of course, they are all, the hour's over. Everybody's asked their questions. Now it's time for everybody to leave and only me and the committee. So I sit down. Oh, so your thing is public. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So I sat down. That would have terrified the shit out of me. It really didn't. It really didn't. I actually enjoyed the public part better than them sitting down and talking to me. And, but... That's just me, because when you give presentations, I like it when it's more interactive. Okay, I mean, I mean, and I'm saying that stares, that would have scared it out of me, even though I went through my master's thesis and, like, that defense was public, and yeah. then everyone laughed, and it was just the, 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 the entire department, not just my committee, the entire department voted. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Should, yeah. <laughs> no, that was actually good, because... Then that means we had 27 against that one person and not th two against that one person. Yeah, that's true. That's um, true. And then the, and then like for my defense, maybe before I, I gave my exit seminar and then my proposal, but then actually that, but that was, yeah. I didn't actually have to present it to them again. Yeah, so they got my proposal. I had to do a public presentation and now we get to the point where it's now the one-on-one -on -one with mm -hmm. the committee. So I'm sitting down, I'm talking to them, and just like my qualifying exam, it was a conversation. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, everybody, let's just all be respectful, let's talk about stuff. So the main overarching thing was they thought my presentation was good, mm -hmm. they liked how engaging I was, and they had a couple of questions about some of the methods. So I said, all right, let's go. 
So, of course, it always starts, usually it always starts with your advisor. Yeah. Either it will start with your advisor or it will end with your advisor. Yeah, my advisor never went first. She was the last one. Yeah. He just sit either. there and just watch. And I'm like, nigga, you going to help me? <laughs> <laughs> it either starts or it ends with your advisor. And for me, it started with my advisor. And it was more of a... What a coincidence. Mine started with your advisor, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was... It was good. It was like, all right, so you're proposing to do this. Mm-hmm. If this doesn't work, what are your other recommendations or suggestions? And on the fly, because you have to remember, you've written this proposal. Mm-hmm. So you've probably looked at five or diff- yeah, five or six different alternative methods and of what you, you can do. you should. You should. So that's kind of how I phrase it. I was like, oh, yeah, well, if this doesn't work, I can look at this and this, or I can wait a couple of months and try this method and so on and so forth they asked me questions pertaining to the study design do i feel like this questionnaire would be adequate we would like to see this questionnaire when you're done with it like so on and so forth like they got to the nitty-gritty they tore that shit apart Mm -hmm. and i was sitting over there looking at their proposal like man happy i didn't turn that in (laughs) 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 but it was all done in a way in which i didn't feel like an idiot they didn't tear you down they didn't tear me down but it was like i will honestly say my prelims was probably some of the best constructive criticism i have ever gotten on a research project ever because it was more of a check and balance like Mm -hmm. they know me i've taken my qualifying exam you all know i'm not an idiot and at that point the whole gist of your prelim is that if you come prepared and you're not going up there sounding like a dumbass mm-hmm. or whatever, it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's your committee reading your proposal or going back through your slides and saying, I like this method, but if this doesn't work, what would you do? And then being like, okay, now if you do that, what statistical analysis would you use? And and one thing that's important is when you're most of you will be able to choose your committee. Yeah. And make sure, and when you choose it, you need to interview them. So research them, see what type of research they do. Yes. Interview them, talk to them before you ask them to be on your committee. And make sure you can have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. If they if, if they give off the vibe that they're an asshole, don't, include don't them. put them on your committee. And that's when you talk to other people in your um, department as well. Other graduate students be knowing. Under, other graduate students, I would kind of say faculty a little bit not quite because some faculty they got issues like and some of them lie right like my advisor he has his core people that he knows that there would be good Mm -hmm. um you know committee members for his students yeah uh I will say, but then it also means that every single one of his students pretty much have the same people on that committee I was like fuck this shit no (laughs) yeah I mean I was able to that was one thing I had complete control over. My mm-hmm. committee, like, I had one person that my advisor had recommended, but everybody else, I was like, I want that person, I want that person, I want that person. Mm-hmm. And it's because they were doing research relevant relevant to what I was doing, and then I saw how they interacted with the students. Mm-hmm. They were not horrible people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want that energy. And, again, my prelims, it was like, okay, I I appreciate everything you guys are giving me. I made sure that I put my critical thinking cap on so that when they did ask me a whole bunch of questions that at one point I did get overwhelmed because they asked me a question pertaining to um, 
or the the dreaded question everyone gets is, what if your expected outcomes doesn't come out the way you expect them to? Who the fuck? It's not the way I want them to come out. Right. And that's kind of a beauty pageant type question. It's kind of a world peace question. What would you do to prevent world hunger? Yeah. And it was like, what would you do if your expected outcomes don't come out the way you expect Mm. them to? And to just be like, I'm going to report what I get. But exactly. I'm going to check. I'm going to check it. But, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people, it's when you get in that fear of answering questions. They'll be like, well, I'll try different analyses or I'll do this. Right. And I'm like, no, you will report what you get because there's some type of truth to that. I will ensure that I did not mess up at any point. I will double check my data. Yes. I will double check my analyses and I will report the results. I'm not going to try a different Whether analysis. Whether it's positive or, or negative. Yeah. And and that's the kind of stuff they want to hear. But I think a lot of people are just like, well, maybe I might have did something wrong and, and I, I, you know, mm-hmm. and they'll freeze up. I'm telling you, when it comes to prelims, it'd be the simple questions. <laughs> it'd be the simple questions that be getting people in the tizzy. <laughs> like, you'll be sitting there and they'll ask you something that's completely out the loops. You then somehow became a quantum physicist. I'm loving this podcast right now and guess what when my students are about to take their prelims I'll be like I need you to go to bitch I'm just trying to graduate season two (laughs) episode five listen to this yeah I mean it's always the simple questions that do you in yep so just keep that in mind and and I'll be honest I'll just end it there I had a really good prelim experience I was nervous going into it like I was my qualls Mm. because again everybody around you is looking at you like you get that that look of like how Simba looked when he was in the elephant graveyard. It, that's how I look. Like it was just like, <gasps> and everybody's like, "Yeah, it's so dangerous. Just you can't do it." Like, oh my god, it was so hard for me, and I was so traumatized. And then they all were like, "Yeah, we tell people that oh, we don't it really talk wasn't about, that hard." I don't talk about my prelim. This is the first time I talked about my prelim. Yeah, because during the prelim, you probably was like, "Man, what the hell did I just do?" I know. And just be like, uh, when I met you, were like, "How was it?" I was like, "It happened." Don't. <laughs> it happened. I, if I if I tell you, you're not gonna want to do it. Yeah. But you survive. Mm-hmm. It only happens once. And Maybe that's twice, it. and it's done, and you never have to do it again. And then you become an advisor, and you get to torture your students with it. Yeah, and if you mess up the first time, I think. Most universities have a policy where you can do your prelims at least twice, right? Yep. But you got to plan accordingly. Yeah. I was never you, good. You can't, you can't, if they say you have to do your prelims by your sixth year, by, by your sixth semester, you can't wait to semester six to take it and then be like, can I take it in my seventh semester? No. No. That's why they say fifth semester. That way, if you fell it in your fifth semester, you can take it in your sixth semester. Yeah. And you'll be done by the end of third year because that is a part of satisfactory progress. And if you don't pass it, if they say you have to be done by the end of your third year and you haven't done it, they can kick you out and they don't have to give you an exemption. And especially us as minoritized individuals, the likelihood of us saying, oh, yeah, you can get a second chance. No. No. No, they ain't doing that. So you got to know what you're doing when you do it. And with that, we're just going to break out into some quick little tips uh, Mm -hmm. about each one. The first tip I can always tell you is plan accordingly, organize, organize. Yep. Uh, Going into my qualifying exam, which I actually feel was harder than my prelim. I expect the qualifying exam to be hard. The, the prelim is the proposal. The qualifying is general knowledge. You don't know. You don't know not name what question they're going to ask you. There were questions they asked me, and I was like, I didn't read that. Yeah. 
Uh, and there was like, I read so much shit and I'm like, oh, you're not going to ask me about this? Uh-huh. And I mean, the way I had to to handle all of that is I had a method of divide and conquer. Uh-huh. So when I organized my qualifying exam or my prelim, uh-huh. I talked to the whole committee as a whole. I was like, hey, uh-huh. this is the day we're going to do it. Uh-huh. What do you guys want me to do? Email me what you want. Boom. So then they all email me what they want. I'd slowly start going to each of them individually and I'd be like hey I've been researching this like you asked me to Mm -hmm. but this right here still confuses me do you have time for us to talk about this and some committee members were like yeah Yeah, I could talk about I was like no you (laughs) and other committee members was like girl please you'll you'll be fine I really had one committee member look at me and say girl please you will be fine (laughs) I was like I don't know I am disgusted like I was I I thought you were better than this but She was like, girl, please, you'll be fine, bye. And I had one committee member who was, like, the coolest. Um, He actually sat down, and he was like, oh, go work on this and come meet me next Monday. Uh I want to see if you did it right. Yeah. So for about an entire month, I had kept sending him the pathways, and I was like, I understand this, and I understand this, and I understand this. And and occasionally he'll be like, that's right, that's right, that's right, that is wrong. He was like, come Fix back it. next Monday and <laughs> let me know how that's wrong. And I was like, God. Yeah, I felt like I was on deal or no deal or but something. you got it. And I got it. And by the time it was calls, and, you know and of course that question came up. Because he was like, I'm not going to give you that question. Mm-hmm. But it's funny watching you do it. That question did pop up. And I was like, come through. Mm. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's good. It, that dialogue was very helpful for me. Yeah. So, my next tip is to, and it's in line with the plan accordingly, is give yourself enough time. Don't wait. You know, read the student handbook, find out when you have to do things, and Mm -hmm. make a plan. Like me, I read it. I knew I had to do it. My goal was always to graduate in four and a half half years. Mm -hmm. So, because I wanted to graduate in four and a half years, I was like, huh, let me speed this timeline up. So instead of doing it in my fifth semester, I'm going to do it in my fourth semester. So since I knew I was doing it in my first semester, fourth semester, this is that working back that Maya said she uh, said now she do, even though she did not say she did it. I do it occasionally. Uh Let's not make this a thing. (laughs) We're going to make it a thing. (laughs) But um, so since I knew I was taking it in my fourth semester, I knew in my third semester I needed to let my committee know um, and find out the information. Because from the handbook, it said that you give this form for them to fill out. Mm -hmm. And because I knew I needed to give them that form to fill out in my third semester, I knew that in my second semester, I needed to actually talk to them about my proposed projects so they can think about what they were going to give me for the knowledge that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. So, and that mean that I that meant that I had three to four months to actually study and read all the literature and all the books and do the research. So I wasn't cramming the night before. Like, literally, I was like, had a good night's sleep, all that stuff. I know someone that did the prelim, and they literally was up 24-7 for the yes. month because they waited until the month before their prelim date. And, of course, they did their prelim last minute where they had to complete it. And then, you know, that type of stuff just wrecks your system because you physically make yourself sick. You break down your immune system. So please do not do that. Give yourself time to actually study. You don't want to cram. Yeah. You want to actually know it because the purpose is not just for you to know it and pass it and never use it again. You're going to go back to this stuff and continue to have to pull this stuff from your references when you're doing your research. I agree. I mean, 
That's it. And your tip goes into my next tip where <laughs> um, practice self-care. Yes. In the middle of um, studying for your qualifying exam, which you should do very early. Mm-hmm. Like, try to, again, in the sense of planning accordingly, give yourself a couple of months to prepare. Do not over-prepare. So, like, don't be trying to give yourself a full year of preparing. Oh, no. You know half the stuff. And it's open book, but give yourself, like, a little leeway that you feel is comfortable to Check do to what see you if it's maybe open book if it's a written. It's not open book if it's an oral one. That's true. But remember to take care of yourself. Yeah. I remember during my qualifying exam, I would designate... A certain amount of hours during the day to studying for that, doing research and coursework. But I remember I'd be like, hey, I'm going to the skate rink tonight. Or, oh, we're going out for drinks. And I wasn't doing it all the time, but I did make time to take care of myself. I'm going to get my nails done. I'm going to get my hair done. I'm mm-hmm. going to go feel good. And then after the qualifying exam, I kept up with that <laughs> because <laughs> at least heavily for a minute because you've literally made a whole bunch of sacrifices yep. to to for this one moment and after doing that you you got to reward yourself yes so you definitely have to reward yourself that's basically what i was doing make sure you practice self-care and make sure you reward yourself accordingly so i guess my next tip is to kind of like practice especially if your exam is going to be an oral exam so me when i do uh i do this when i took classes where I would create a list of questions for myself Mm -hmm. and try to answer them. And one thing that I do is I give myself little small questions. So, like, I had, when I was a master's student, I had one teacher who, one professor who gave, like, short answers, short essay questions for his exam. Mm -hmm. But I would make a study guide that had a whole bunch of little small questions. And there was sometimes, there was one time where, and then me and my friend would just, we would go back and forth and ask each other each question and answer them and things like that. And that's like without looking at the notes and just like, you know, writing it out. And there was one time where we were like, we couldn't figure out what the answer was for one. Neither one of us knew. And then we were looking in the lectures and we still couldn't figure it out. So we went to his office hours to ask him. And he, being a pompous asshole, decided to look through my entire study guide. This also was Professor um the first day of class, he was like, why is everyone taking this course? And I was like, because it's a requirement. I don't really like evolutionary genetics. I'm not interested in ev- evolutionary genetics. And then I basically got the highest score on the first exam. The second exam, he hovered over me because he thought I was cheating. Like, when he gave me he was like, I thought you didn't like it. And I was like, just because I don't like it, I mean, I'm not getting graded. Mm-hmm. So he hovered over me in my second exam. And then for the third one, this is when we went to him. And he's looking at my study guide, and he's like, these are all simple questions. This is not going to help you prepare for this exam. And I'm like, your questions are like three or four of these questions put together. So my motto is I break things down into smaller questions and make sure I know little parts. And that can also help you with your oral exams because when they ask you a question, you need to think about the different parts of the question. And mm-hmm. even if you can't answer, and answer what you can know, because they're the, you do know, because they're the purpose is to try to find the edge of your knowledge base. So if they ask you like, what statistical analysis would you use to perform this thing to do this to do that? Well, even if maybe you know about the statistical analysis, but you might not know about X, and you know about Y, so you break it down in your head, be like, okay, well, this is what the statistical analysis does. This is what X does. And then you can say, I don't know on why. Don't say, I don't know to the whole question. Don't mm-hmm. think you have to answer the entire question. Just answer what parts. Because you get partial credit. Partial credit is amazing. Yeah. 
I agree. Got any more tips? Not really. We pretty much um, covered everything. Yeah, I mean, hopefully this was great. Uh, so I got one more thing. Oh, um, pace yourself. Oh, relax. Yeah. Breathe. Plan. Do. Mm-hmm. Relax. Always keep that in mind. Plan it. Do it, and then relax. And if by any circumstance it doesn't work out the way the first time, breathe, communicate what might have happened, mm-hmm. try it again if you can. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast on various platforms. Rate us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at B-I-T-G, B-I-J-T-G underscore podcast. Yeah. And um, tell your friends, tell your fellow grad students. We are always trying to get more followers. We love y'all. We're glad that y'all support us. Mm-hmm. And you got this. You, you do. You are ready. You are. You're ready. You're ready. Best of luck, guys. See ya. See ya. See ya.